Welcome to Dogs vs. All Y'all, a weekly college football podcast where we discuss not only my favorite team, the Georgia Bulldogs, but we talk all things college football, hence all y'all. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and look us up on Instagram at Suplex Dinner Club and go dogs. Welcome back. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about coaches that are on the hot seat. Or let's talk and also we're going to talk about coaches that are very very close to being on that hot seat. Me was Guile. It wasn't because Guile was very difficult, but if Guile beats you, the end card where they would show your player beat up and Guile just standing there or just doing his thing. Gal would have one phrase for you. Go home and be a family man. Now, if you play Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Go home and be a family man. So we're going to name today's episode in honor of these coaches that are on the hot seat. Go home and be a family man. I'm going to give you guys three college football coaches that are headed onto that hot seat. It's getting a little warm. A couple people are looking a little crazy at them. A little side-eye action. My first coach. It hurts my heart because I love him. Coach Tuck. Mel Tucker, Michigan State. It's almost about to be that time, my man. That seat is getting a little bit more warm. Now, Coach Tuck came to Michigan State. He completely utilized the transfer portal and within a season or two transformed his team. He got Kenneth Walker score big there and his team only lost like two games. And they brought it. They brought it to the big powers. They brought it to Ohio State. They brought it to Michigan. They look like they were going to be the next big power in the Big Ten. Tuck's coming. Tuck is coming. That's all we heard. What happened the following year? Well, that team underperformed greatly. They got their tails kicked in a lot of cases. And speaking of tail kickings, a couple of his players, after losing to Michigan, decided to jump a Michigan player. <laughs> yes, that did happen. It, it's, it, it just really... Hurts my heart. Like I continue to say, it hurts my heart to even put Coach Tucker on this list. But your team's undisciplined. Your team's not winning. Winning cures all. Maybe it'll cure them jumping someone. I doubt it. But uh, yeah, man, Tuck, you're on the list. My second coach, Coach Sark, Steve Sarkasian of the University of Texas Longhorns. Now, everyone loves Sark. If you like offensive football, you love Sark. He remains to be Alabama's most favorite offensive coordinator, despite what Lane Kiffin tells you. Uh, He pretty much left his footprint within that program for a number of seasons. It's just going to be overhauled somewhat this year. 
but every offense coordinator after Coach Sark was at Alabama, they somewhat mimicked his system and his concepts. Now he's at Texas. They've given him years. They've given him money. They've given him opportunity. I sarcastically say that being a Georgia fan, it's time for Texas to actually deliver on the hype. People always say Texas is back. Texas is back. This has to be the season for Texas to be back. Or Coach Sartre won't be back. (laughs) I'll say, I'll say, hey, if they have an underwhelming season this year, because again, I'm putting him on the list of coaches headed toward that hot seat. If they have an underwhelming season this year, I can easily see them allowing him their first year in the SEC. And if that repeats itself, he will be fired. Coach Sartre, man, come on. It's time to go, man. It's time to get it. It's time to deliver. It's time to win. It's long overdue. And my third coach that's headed toward the hot seat. My third coach. And as much as I hate it putting Tuck there, I hate it putting Sark there. I'm not going to lie. I do kind of enjoy putting this third coach here. Coach Billy Napier of the University of Florida Gators. You are my third coach headed toward that hot seat. Now, I know what you're saying. Adrian, we're going into the second year of Coach Napier's uh, tenure as Gators head coach. I say I hear that. I'm going to counter that with the kind of performance that Florida gave us last year. Mind you, as starting at quarterback, they had Anthony Richardson who became, what, the number four overall pick in the draft? Freak of nature, clear-cut talent. In that Florida system, he looked mighty mediocre. That overall team, they, they were bullied. The Florida team under Billy Napier last year were bullied. Let's not even talk about the Georgia game. Let's not even talk about when they played Tennessee. Let's talk about when they played Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. The mid-level SEC teams. Those were the teams that were beating up on Florida. Being more physical. Playing smarter. Being outclassed even. And then when you start to talk about the biggest X factor, in my opinion, when it comes to SEC talent, recruiting. Billy Napier and the Florida Gators find themselves in a very, very sad situation. Just recently, hell, just this week, their number one recruit, at least in the running back position, I'm not going to say their number one recruit, but their top running back recruit not only decommitted from going to the University of Florida, but he decided to join the Georgia Bulldogs. 
how demoralizing. I don't know. If you look at their upcoming schedule, I hope for the best for them because Coach Napier does look like a good guy. But I won't lie to you. I won't lie to the people. I don't I don't think they go bowling. I don't think they win six games. And for that reason, the following year, Coach Napier, you're going to be on the hot seat, my friend. And for the coach, the one coach, I'm only going to give you guys one coach that is headed toward. He's I mean, he's headed. I'm not going to say unemployment because (laughs) when we talk about it, you're kind of not going to feel bad for this guy. The coach this year that I feel is on the hot seat above everyone else, above any speculation the coach on his way home. Go home and be a family man. Remember that coach? Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. What can I say? You go from offensive coordinator for a national champion, LSU Tiger, with, of course, Coach Bob, Nick Saban, Coach Nick Saban. You go from there to accepting an offensive coordinator slash head coaching and waiting position at Florida State University. You do your thing. And quite frankly, pretty quickly, you win a national championship with uh, Jameis Winston as your quarterback. Not only do you do those things, you make those accomplishments. You're in high regard as an offensive mind in the game. You accept a massive, almost unfair contract with Texas A&M, who's been longing for a winner. Hell, in my lifetime, they've never won anything serious. They haven't won anything serious. So if you're a Texas A&M fan and you're my age or younger, good luck to you, man, because they haven't won anything. They haven't won squat. But you bring in Coach Jimbo, he promised you the world. You not only give him this huge contract, but an insane buyout. And if if you're not familiar with that Jimbo Fisher buyout, please look it up because I, I, I do want to say shout out to Jimbo. Shout out to his agent because get this, guys. If Texas A&M decides to fire Jimbo, he's going to walk away with like $80 million. Imagine that. Imagine you going to work and your boss telling you, hey, we don't need you. You're fired. But before you get angry, uh, here's $20, 30000000 million. Hear me like, hell yeah, let me get fired. Let me get fired again. Jimbo's in a very unique situation each season that buyout it does go down some i know two years ago it was like 90 million last season it was like 80 this year i want to say like 70 72 still an outrageous amount of money now let's let's talk let's talk less about his contract and the financials of that let's talk about his team 
Now, again, like I've said before, if you if you're a Texas A&M fan and you're pretty young, you haven't really seen them win much as a whole. Sure, they've gotten some good games. You've had some entertaining players, that sort of thing. But you haven't you haven't won what uh, you would expect when you sign a co- coach to that kind of contract, national championship, uh, playoff appearance, that sort of thing. You haven't gotten that. And I fear that you won't get that with Jimbo. Now, when we start to look at Jimbo's teams, it's one thing that really stands out. You got talent on those teams. You got five stars. Two years ago, they were the talk of the town. The highest ranked recruited class, recruiting class of all time. Five stars beyond five stars. Of course, there was controversy. Of course, there were allegations of NIL and all of that crap. I'm not I'm not even going to go there because if you got them, they sign, they're eligible. Let's go win. That's my logic. But that's the thing that that didn't happen. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the almost the one thing that didn't happen in College Station, which was them winning. So not only did they not win, y'all, Texas A&M didn't make a bowl game. Imagine, imagine being a Texas A&M fan that season. You go from being on the highest of highs saying, hey, this is our year. We got our quarterback situation lined up. We have all these five stars. We have the number one, number two, number five player in the nation come to our school you have all that at the beginning of the year or going into the season and the end result besides you really giving it to Alabama and losing on the last play and besides you beating the eventual SEC West champion LSU Tigers besides all that You guys only win five games. You don't make a bowl game. And frankly, your team stinks. Players are getting in trouble. Players are getting suspended, put off the team, that sort of thing. And all that you have to do is look at Jimbo at a press conference. And he's just looking as smug as ever. He doesn't look nervous. He's not worried because in the back of his head, <laughs> I'm assuming Jumbo's like, I wish a mother would, knowing that buyout amount. I don't think that you guys are going to win with Jumbo. I don't know if he's not motivated or whatever. I don't know. Hell, I don't know. Although I do like, I, I mean, as much as much as I just shit canned on them, I do actually like them adding Bobby Petrino because he is a great, he's a great offensive mind. And if they do start to stink, that's going to be a whole drama farm right there. Cause you got Jimbo who's an offensive mind. 
who's watching his team, his underperforming team, do worse under this other great mind in Bobby Petrino. So at the very least, Texas A&M fans, college football fans, get your popcorn ready because Texas A&M is going to be very interesting. And I do believe that if Jimbo doesn't make a drastic turnaround, he will be fired. Go home and be a family man, Jimbo. Go home and be a family man. I really do appreciate you allowing me a couple minutes of your time. I really do appreciate it. What do you guys think? Who's the next coach on the hot seat? Don't forget to follow us at Suplex Dinner Club on Instagram and YouTube. We're trying to build a community, not just of college football fans, but cool people in general. Also, of course, Mondays we drop Dogs versus All Y'all. But on Wednesdays, we drop the Life and Times podcast, which is short for the Life and Times of a Restaurant Lifer podcast. It's good conversation with some cool people that I've met in my years in the hospitality industry. Very interesting conversations on that podcast, and I, I think you would enjoy it. Thank you all again for listening. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a wonderful week. And don't forget, go dogs.